That music is an invitation, an invitation to sit up and join me as we look into God's Word. This isn't your parents' Bible study or some pre-printed material from your denomination. Each episode, we tear into God's letter to humanity to see what would God have us know about Himself, about the world around us, and about ourselves. I am Brother Mitchell from the Discipleship Center, and you are listening to the TDC Podcast. First John chapter 5, verses 6-12 through 12. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater, for this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe in God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. What is all of this? You might be saying, whoa, slow down, Brother Mitchell. What is all this water, blood, and spirit stuff about? Oh, but before we get into all that, I want you to know that this central theme of this short paragraph has to do with testimony. When I say the word testimony, it may conjure up some different ideas in your head of maybe someone giving facts in a courtroom, or maybe someone telling about what God has done in their life in some church service. The Greek word that we translate as testify or testimony means someone who has personal and immediate knowledge of something. This passage is regarding the testimony or the personal and immediate knowledge of who Jesus is, and more importantly, what Jesus is. The first testimony about Jesus is water. Not just any water, but the water of Jesus' baptism. Remember back at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, John the Baptist was baptizing people as an outward sign of their repentance of sin and of their looking forward to the Messiah. Down comes Jesus to the water to be baptized, and John the Baptist says, I need to be baptized by you for forgiveness, but you come to me. Jesus didn't need any forgiveness because he was sinless and perfect. But Jesus says, let it be so now, because it's fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Fulfill all righteousness? Let's look back at Isaiah chapter 53, verse 11. It says, by his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. The reason Jesus was baptized was because he fulfilled everything that was required by men for righteousness. It is fitting that Jesus was baptized because that is a command for us to follow in obedience as well. Also, something very important happened at the moment Jesus was baptized. The Spirit descended like a dove upon Jesus, and God the Father spoke and said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. How many of you have ever seen the Holy Spirit physically descend on someone? or the heavens open up and audibly speak. I mean, if any of you have, we can help you find treatment. But this was a very highly unusual event, to say the least. Everyone saw it, 
and everyone heard it. Now that's what I call a testimony about Jesus' nature, for God to audibly say that he was his son. On a side note, one of the most amazing things that I find in this story is that the Pharisees were also there, and they saw and heard this, and just three years later, they hated Jesus so much that they conspired to kill him anyway. The second testimony about Jesus was his blood. Jesus died a horrific death, to say the least. There was the beatings, the scourgings, the abuses, the tauntings of the soldiers, and then the cross itself. To say that Jesus shed his blood was an understatement. Jesus was absolutely crushed and torn apart by the time he was on the cross. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Jesus' death was a literal one, not a figurative one. It was a slow, painful agony on the cross. Imagine the one whose very voice spoke into existence all of heaven and earth and life itself, leaving the glory of his throne to come down as a poor and insignificant human to have his very creatures reject him, mock him, beat him, and then kill him. To be on the cross with the weight of every sin of all mankind for all time on his shoulders, and then for God the Father to turn his back on him and leave him there to die alone. I cannot imagine how that must have been because I don't really have a frame of reference for how much higher God is than we are and how much Jesus had to give up for those 30-some years he spent here. The final testimony of who and what Jesus is comes from the Spirit. The Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For the first time in this book, John pauses and points at Christians who are reading his letter and asks us, what do you believe? It says, whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he's not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. How about it? I hear religious people, even in my own extended family, who debate if Jesus was real or a figment of people's imagination. Was he just a good man who God used to convey some stories to us? Was he a man who got possessed from time to time to do some cool stuff? Was he the illegitimate son of some Roman soldier? When you say anything other than Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, begotten in that he is in the same substance as God the Father, and that he came down by the conception of the Holy Spirit to be born of a virgin, that he led a sinless life here on earth, that he died for the sins of mankind, descended to hell to show those bound there that he is Lord of all, including death, that he rose again on the third day, and that he sits at the right hand of God the Father now and will return again one day to judge the earth. If that's not your confession of who Jesus is, then you're telling God that he's a liar and that you actually know better. For those who are true believers, God's Spirit lives in us. Our testimony is that He has given us a new life and an eternal life through His Son, Jesus. New life, like in 2 Corinthians 5.17, where it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. And eternal life, like in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believed in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. If you don't have a new life and an eternal life yet, 
you're still trying to live your own life on your own terms and at the very end you only have hell waiting for you. If you want to know how repentance is the key that opens this gift of new life and has been bought by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, then go over to our website and click on that button about salvation and read about how you can be saved too. The Discipleship Center and its subsidiaries, TDC Aquaponics and TDC Farm, are a registered 501c3 charity serving in the not-so-beautiful city of Kekakee and its surroundings. Have you or a loved one been struggling with substance abuse, chronic unemployment, need some work experience after a recent incarceration, or just failed to move on to a more productive phase of life? There is hope just around the corner with the Discipleship Center where every life matters and we strive to fulfill the Great Commission one life at a time. Check us out on the web at www.discipleshipctr.org today.